Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about aging. And for many, this is a scary thought. We can fear changes in our lives, changes in our health or our looks. But biblically, aging is seen very positively. Job 12.12 says, Wisdom is with the aged, and understanding in length of days. Proverbs 16.31 says, Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. And God promises in Isaiah 46.4, Even to your old age I am he, and to gray hairs I will carry you. So as Christians, we shouldn't fear old age, and today I've got four women with me who are aging with grace, and I'm excited to hear them share how they've seen God's faithfulness in their lives and how He's helping them to trust Him as they grow older. And um, I told them they barely qualified for this, Um, but they're going to share their ages with you because they're excited about growing older. And um, so can each of you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Hello, my name's Paulette Clow. I'm 54 years old. Young, can I say that? I'm married to Arn, is my husband of 35 years this October. We'll celebrate that anniversary. Um, I can say now that I'm from Knoxville because we've lived here longer than we've lived at any other place in our marriage. So we've been in Knoxville 21 years, and we've been at Cornerstone for 20 of those years. I have four grown married sons, which means I have four amazing daughter-in-laws. I have five grandkids. Technically, we are empty nesters, except for uh, my son's dog, who still lives with us. And um, Arn is still working. He's still got a few more years until retirement. So that's the season that I'm in. I'm Sherry Kittrell, and um, I'm married to Bill Kittrell. I'm 61 years old. We've been married for 40 years. That's a little out of order there. I have three adult sons, one daughter who is expecting her first baby, and that will be our eighth grandbaby, and she's expecting in July, so I'm pretty excited about that. I'm Janice Pierce, and I'm 62, and I'm married to Pat Pierce. We've been in Knoxville our whole lives, and um, been at Cornerstone, I think this will be our ninth year, this summer will be our ninth year. We have uh, two grown children, and uh, a boy and a girl, and we have six grandchildren and no other grandchildren on the way that I'm aware of. <laughs> I'm Vanessa Williams. I am, um, I'll be 61 years old, May 27th this year, and um, I've been married to my husband, Lawrence Williams, for 30 years, and uh, we have two grown daughters, uh, Kendall, 25, and Elena, 22, and I've been here in Knoxville for 30 years, and um, I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else. So, Sherry, will you share your testimony with us? I was 18 years old, and it was, I was only two weeks before I would be moving away from my small hometown in West Virginia to attend college. Up until this time, I had spent my high school years with a partying crowd of friends, and I had planned a room with some of those same friends in the fall. I pretty much lived for partying on the weekends. My boyfriend, Bill, now my husband of 40 years, would be staying behind for his senior year of high school. But unbeknownst to me, the Lord had begun slowly working in my heart, drawing me to himself. I had attended a formal church with my family all my life. 
I heard a college student that I knew and respected come back one Sunday night to give his testimony of being saved, and I thought to myself, maybe there's something more to church and God that I've, than what I've already experienced. And then a few months later, I was frustrated about the upcoming plans for my weekend and had another seemingly random thought. There's surely got to be more to life than coming up with plans and friends to party with on Friday and Saturday nights. Well, fast forward a couple weeks and I was partying on a Saturday night. I woke up Sunday morning and it was my boyfriend Bill calling to say that he was not going to go to church with me, but he was going to go to church with Coach Fetty. Well, that was very strange to me, but I called him back and asked if I could go with them. Coach Fetty lived in our same neighborhood and had a white garage door with a red cross painted from the top to the bottom. Everyone knew Wayne was a Christian. Wayne and Bill picked me up that morning and Wayne on our long drive to the country church that was located in a converted bar started sharing with me about how I was a sinner and that Jesus had died to pay for my sin. Wayne was also our, our Sunday school teacher that morning and during class, he continued to share about my need to repent and God's provision of a savior. Well, at the end of the church service, which was very different from my formal church that I had grown up in, the pastor singled me out and called me forward and prayed for me. The Lord then opened my eyes and revealed his love and mercy to me, a sinner. I understood that I could repent of my many sins and enjoy the free grace of God given to me in Jesus Christ. The Lord had reached down into my darkness and given me new life in him. I still remember riding home that morning with such an awareness of how the Lord had cleansed me. My sins had been washed away by the blood of Jesus, and my life was changed forever. Isaiah 1 verse 18 says, Come now, let us reason together says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, and though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. It is so fun to hear that story from your side, because I think we've all heard Bill talk about getting saved the night before. And so he's the one, our senior pastor, he's the one who called you the next morning and invited you to go to a different church. And so I, I don't think I've ever heard you share your side of that and how that all went down. So that was really fun to hear. Well, back to our topic. The first question I had was just, what are some of the surprises or joys of aging? One of the surprises of being almost 61 years old, um, I been thankful that I have remained healthy and I've started a, um, a fitness and strength challenge, especially during 2020, uh, during the COVID situation, um, after almost having a scare of having heart issues. And just been um, surprised that I have been able to walk through those things, just trusting the Lord and just um, just, you know, just still being, being here, you know, 61 years and just, you know, enjoying the, the love and the kindness of God. And so that's been, been exciting. And, um, also a joy has been just aging well. I just feel like just the Lord has given me an opportunity to, to get healthy and be healthy and just start a strength challenge. And after raising my daughters, I, um, am watching them thrive in their adult life. 
I was able to go back to work and and um, back into the workforce and that's been really amazing and just encouraging to to find fulfillment in that and um, so yeah so that's been one thing that I've been excited about just seeing God do in my life and just give me that um, just kind of a, a new beginning I guess well the first thing that came to my mind that was a well, it wasn't a surprise. The effects were a surprise. Menopause. Um, knew that was coming, but didn't know all the effects that come along with menopause. And frankly, I could have used some frank talk from some other people. My mother, I was 44 when my mom went through it. I mean, when my mom passed away. And so when she went through it, we didn't really discuss it. I just knew she had hot flashes. So I could have used a little, uh, an older woman to inform me a little bit more. And then busyness. I was kind of surprised as I've gotten older that I've remained pretty busy. You know, as Paulette mentioned, she has an empty nest. I do too. And you think things are going to kind of calm down for you a little bit. And instead, you know, you've got um, married kids and then you've got grandkids. And in my life, I had aging parents who I wound up helping take care of. And uh, before you know it, your life's crowded again in a good way, but it's not what you really expect when you think of empty nest you know a lot of people think oh lonely and and I guess it can be but mine's been far from that so that's been um, a surprise a joy is a sense of humor goes a long way and my husband and I have been blessed with a husband who has a really good sense of humor and that has gotten us through a lot of seasons of life and this is no different and um Proverbs 17.22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So we're both pretty healthy people, but there are just some physical aches and pains that come along with aging. Knees pop and crack, or you get a, we call it a crick in your neck, um, and your energy, le- energy level, you know, fluctuates, something you're not expecting. Focus, your focus sometimes isn't what it used to be. We try not to fixate on those, and a common remark might be, was that your knee creaking or was that my knee creaking? Or we try not to OD on, we call it vitamin I, ibuprofen. <laughs> uh, well, one of the surprises I had was uh, moving this year because we had lived in our home for 25 years and raised our family, and I never thought that we would move from our home. But um, because of some of the things Janet said, knees, we moved to a house that has one level, and it's just been really, really helpful. And I also recognize the, um, the level of my energy has faded as well. So that's kind of a funny thing because really, like another thing like Janet said, I am surprised by how busy I, I am and how occupied I remain in this season of my life. I continue to enjoy many opportunities to help others. Um, after my children have grown and you have, we, I have um, three new daughter-in-laws and one daughter living out of town and uh, seven grandchildren that do live in town. So it just seems like I didn't understand that when your children are grown, you actually increase because you have more people in your family. And we are actually expecting in the next month to have my youngest son and his wife move back in with us, which means my cooking will be increasing again. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to Mm -hmm. it, but I know that'll also bring a lot of changes and surprises. So for me, my thought when I was thinking about what have I been surprised by as I have grown older, and I kind of took it from the perspective of all the different seasons I've come through, and really and truly you're going to say, are you kidding me, Paula? This surprised you? But 
I was always surprised by new sin, like fresh demonstrations of my flesh. So like, for instance, um, you know, I was parenting along like a champ and then bam, potty training hits. And all of a sudden I'm this impatient monster. I'm like, where did this come from? And so like another example would be when my boys were teenagers, they turned 15. I gave them the keys to the car when they got their permit and they started driving me everywhere. And I became a fearful, um, feeling totally out of control. And there's this new wave of sin that was totally unexpected in this season of life um, that I just wasn't prepared for. Um, I was also thinking about when my boys became young men and they were dating their future wives and all the new emotions and fears that were stirred up in me that I just wasn't ready for. And so I was always surprised by my sin. But while I would flounder, I would see myself floundering in every new season, God's faithfulness would direct me to his word every time. And he was, um, he would lead me to passages where he would um, care for me, comfort me, correct me, um, oftentimes through his word. And I, it reminded me of a quote from a book called Aging with Grace. It's a quote by Susan Hunt. And she says, sound theology produces sound thinking and living. As we face the sorrows and physical suffering of aging, thinking biblically about who God is and who we are in Christ comforts and carries us. So I feel like every new season when I would be floundering, it was a um, more of an absence of good theology, and then the Lord would teach me and through his word, and I would grow in that, which leads me to what I would say is my joy in growing older is the joy of a perspective shift in life. Psalm 37, 25, and 26 says, I've been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He's ever lending generously. His children are becoming a blessing. So being able to see God's faithfulness, rehearse his faithfulness through my life, the lives of my kids, the lives of believing friends and family, um, I'm seeing fruit from sitting under good teaching and good doctrine for over 30 years and reading good books with good scriptural teaching. So to me, that is the joy that, you know, Ephesians 6, 9 is a promise that we will reap um, in due season if we don't grow weary in doing good. So for me, that has been a huge joy. So what are the ways that you've been tempted to be afraid when you think about getting older? Are there ways that you've been tempted to be afraid? And how has God met you in those fears? I mean, I can have many fears and anxieties that are stirred up in an instant. But if, you're, if I'm thinking about growing older in this season that I'm in, and you know, by God's mercy, I grow even older, I have two categories, basically, that I can experience fear. And that would be in regard to my relationships with my kids, my daughter-in-laws and grandkids, that I'd not be welcome in their lives, that I would not have a place in their worlds, that I wouldn't get to have a relationship with my grandkids. Um, and that is kind of a real thing that I think about. And so the way the Lord helps me with that is, again, through his scripture in his word. And I'm not going to read all of this, but the passage in Colossians 3, verses 1 through 17, it talks about putting off the flesh and putting on 
the spiritual things. And so for me, if I camp out here and I um, sow to the spirit, I, I put on a compassionate heart, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, um, putting on love, letting the peace of Christ rule in my hearts, being thankful, letting the word of Christ dwell in me richly. If I'm doing these things that the word talks about, then hopefully, by God's grace, I'll be the kind of person they want in their world. Does that make sense? So that helps me to combat that thought. And then also, the other fear that I think about um, is that I would become idle in this season of life because our culture pushes and encourages that. This is a, your golden years. You know, embrace a season of comfort and ease. And, and I don't want to do that, a fear that I would stumble in this season. First Peter says they stumble because they disobey the word. And, and, and Paul exhorts us in Colossians to continue in the faith, stable, steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. And that's what I want to do. And so there's just a few verses um, that help me to be steadfast, Ephesians 5, 15, and 17, y'all are familiar with this. It says, look carefully then how you walk, as, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time, because the days are evil. So um, like Janice said, there's a, there's a thought that we have much more time now since our children aren't in our home, and so I want to be wise in how I use my time. Um, and then and then 1 Peter 4, 2, Bill preached on this recently. He said, um, to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. And so for me, knowing what is that will of God for me, and it's to me it's just simply put in Matthew 22, 36, and 39, which basically says, love God and love people. So if I can stay there and camp out there, um, then I can combat those thoughts that I have. Well, my fears of the future change from day to day. Having my mind renewed by the Word of God helps with those ever-changing fears. Um, I would like, I think, the one burden that I, or fear that I probably think about more than others is that I would like to not be a burden to my children or their families as I get older. And um, I think about the verse, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, it says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So just trusting the Lord that um, he will be my strength during times of weakness. And then also, um, we must, this is a quote from The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment. It's a Puritan book. And it says, We must not be our own carvers, whatever particular affliction God may put us in we must be content in them and then just a favorite of mine a verse that i tend to go to just to combat fears <laughs> is that romans 117 the just shall live by faith so we live by faith every day and just reminding myself that but here's another quote that i use in, in this situation where i'm um, having to trust the lord and put aside my fears. And it's another quote from um, the rare jewel of Christian contentment. It says, we must not be our own disposers for the time of deliverance any more than for the kind and way of deliverance. So that's one of the ways I try and tr put my trust in the Lord for the future. And then another one is Psalm 16. Um, just the entire verse, just or Psalm really encourages me just to trust in the Lord Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. And just so that a reminder that he is my refuge and he's going to be my strength and my hope and my shield and he's the one that establishes my boundaries. So this psalm gives me a lot of hope for the future. 
I think there are probably three areas that probably tempt me to be afraid. One is health, and Sherry kind of touched on that, just um, not dying itself, but how I'll die, you know. Um, I know where I'm going. It's the passageway that can make you nervous. And um, along with that, being dependent, I think, on my kids or somebody that came up as I was thinking this through. And then finances, you know, you can't turn the television on or talk to anybody our age without talking about retirement and money and money, you know, all this. And um, just we want to keep working as long as we can. So that can be uh, an area that you think, how long will I have to work? Do I I need to work? And then I think the culture shifts of lately, uh, of the last year or so, um, definitely not the same kind of God-friendly culture I grew up in. People seem more... um, they're believing more lies about life and more lies about God, I think, than ever before. And that causes me to be a little fearful thinking about being persecuted or life being cheapened so that, you know, euthanasia and things where, you know, our actual physical lives might be threatened because of that. So those things, you know, come to mind as I, as I thought about this. And, you know, you just got to take those fears to the gospel, to God, to God himself, um, to his word, you all just quoted great, you know, specific verses to combat fear. We talked about that last night in Legacy. It was like God had a plan this whole week, you know, for this. And even Bill's sermon on Satan and his attacks and accusing us and things that we just have to refute with the word and call on the spirit to fight that for us and turn our hearts and our minds to the right place. Um, a lot of times hymns will come to mind to me. And hymns have such great doctrine that it's like you can just sing that to yourself or pray that, and it, it fights those those lies. And just, you know, keep seeking, um, just keep seeking the Lord and ask people to pray for you. If you really get bogged down in it or if you feel yourself, for me, if I feel myself drifting that way, I call in for reinforcements. I call for girls that have prayed for me for years or new friends that pray for me, and I say, I'm headed down a bad road. Can you intercede for me, you know? You know, for me, uh, also, just uh, <clears throat> uh, fear of aging uh, has caused, can cause uh, anxiety, um, a fear of not having self-worth, being worthless, having worthlessness, um, and uh, just having that, that experience those things after being at home I have been at home for 25 years I homeschooled my girls I stayed at home so being a stay-at-home mom for 25 years it's like all of a sudden when they're gone and out of the home and you become that empty nester you just start feeling like now what what happens you know what what do I do now and and uh and not having significance and and then just um fear of sickness heart attack cancer Alzheimer's, a lot of those things start, you know, just um, just those fears and thoughts that start just just bog my mind in different things like that. And um, but the Lord has given me a deeper trust in Him, and um, and just having a more of a eternal perspective, and knowing that this world is not my home, and just trusting God in that. And and He's been faithful and answering my prayers, and um, just um, it's been a good time just this last year and a half that I've returned into the workforce and getting my mind off myself because I think when I when I 
am, I guess, in the home alone and just kind of having been idle, like somebody had said earlier, just all kinds of thoughts come in your head and the, and the enemy comes in and just start, you know, thinking, just give, anyway, causing you to think all kinds of things and uh, that are discouraging and um, causing you to feel anxious. And, uh, and I just really, you know, felt, I prayed and asked God to just help me to be part of something bigger than myself and help me to serve others, find, trying to find ways how to serve other people during this time so that I could have that um, strength and energy to, to, to move on and go on with my life and not feel like, you know, just, just I'm, I'm kind of slowly dying out. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, and also it talked about um, scriptures that talked about um, uh, being encouraged and uh, not being anxious. Of course, everybody talks about Philippians four, and before it talked about not to be not being anxious, it talked about rejoicing in the Lord, and um, rejoicing in, in the Lord, worshiping, and just finding that place in God and that relationship with the Lord. And and when you're rejoicing in God and, and thinking about all these things He has walked you through, His faithfulness, like Janice was saying earlier, you're just seeing God's faithfulness, and you won't be anxious. Like you'll just begin and have that joy and excitement for the next day and for the you know for the future. Um, so that has really helped me. The Lord has really helped me, and He always talked about how God is. Um, the Word always also talks about how God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And uh, when I think about Alzheimer's and different things, it's like, Lord, I have a sound mind, you know, and and not allow the enemy to to pull me into that thinking of just, you know, just being dr- drift away in, into Alzheimer's or whatever. Uh, and the Lord has given me strength. And it talked about, and Psalms 20, 29, 11 talks about he gives his, pe- his people strength and peace and just praying over those scriptures and confessing those scriptures and just, you know, believe in the Lord and just, um, and then tre- uh, putting my treasures, storing up my treasures in heaven and just really, uh, thinking about having a heavenly perspective and, um, and, you know, just how, you know, God will take care of me. I believe, you know, the, trust in the Lord. He takes care of me. And just how Matthew talks about how he, he cares for the ravens. He cares for the flowers and, and all the, the, the birds in the air. And how much more would he care for me and my life? And, and just really trusting that and, um, and just being more aware of God's faithfulness and care for my life. So those things have really helped me, and because um, I could go on and on and talk about, you know, God's, you know, worship and God's kindness, and just Psalms 92 it talked about, you know, having a heart of worship, and so I find myself uh, worshiping a lot and praying and just, just ha- again having a deeper relationship with the Lord. Now that I am, you know, an empty nest or a home alone, when I can do those things, so that's been really good. Just ha- finding time to have a deeper relationship with the Lord. So, Well, I just wondered if there was an older woman in your life who made growing older attractive. So could you share about her and tell us what you admire or have found compelling in her life? Wow. Well, I've had uh, years of growing up with uh, just wonderful women in my life. And first I have to definitely say my my grandmother, my great aunt, and of course my mom, and just watching these women, um, uh, uh, just praying and just uh, spending time with the Lord and just watching their their life. And, and I, one significant thing that I always would watch my great aunt, and she was almost like a Daniel. I mean, she prayed 
three times a day. I mean, she would go into her prayer closet and she would, she would, we would go to her house and she would have her door locked and she would, and when her door was locked, we knew she would be in her prayer closet. And that, I was 11 years old, just really being so aware of just her relationship with the Lord. And that, that was one thing that's really been significant in my life and watching these ladies do that. And I think about, you know, Timothy talked about, and Timothy talked about Lois and Eunice and just how I just saw the, the Lois and the Eunice in my life and my mom, my grandma and my, my uh, great aunt. Those are the people that I remember as a child and um, that it was significant in my life. And now being part of the church I'm part of now, I just watch people like Anna Shasset and Mary Ann Jacoby and Janet Jab. These are women that uh, are tied us to women, women of prayer. And so um, they have been just true warriors in my life and encouraging me praying for me so i always know that i can call on them and just uh and they will just be there for me to to i could talk about anything anything that's going on in my life so that has been these women have been really encouraging encouraging to me in these last 30 years of my life well i'd say like vanessa i've been very blessed with several i had to really think how to bring it down to two or three specific and we are so fortunate in our community group to have two couples in our community group that are almost old enough to be my parents. And they both have come to Cornerstone since we've come to Cornerstone, which I still consider us new members <laughs> at nine years. But, you know, so they've changed churches later in life, felt the Lord's moving. And that's a big step as you get into your 50s. and It's always a big step to change churches, but as you're older and you've raised your family at a church you know that's a huge step and i've watched them do that and come in and plug in and just they have vibrant walks with the lord um, they have good marriages they're just really somebody to look up to and and um, emulate like you were talking about some people at, at church and then my mother my mother's just was to me she was just the picture of contentment um, when you look at Philippians 4.11, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. That was just my mom. And um, I miss that. She passed away, like I said, when I was 44. And I miss seeing that modeled in her much later years. But I did see it up until the time of her death and even having the cancer. She still remained a contented person in what God, you know, had sent her way. And she was, she just, she reflected that contentment in every aspect. And then I have a former teaching leader from Bible Study Fellowship um, that I've known for years and years, and she is so word-centered and humble, and I really admire that in women who, you know, godly women who are just word-centered. I really look up to that, and she always points the glory to God. She never takes any credit or any you know, anything away from him in any way. And she's been homebound for this last year because she has a couple of health issues that would have been really life-threatening during the, the COVID threat. And so staying home for a year, I've not heard her grumble or complain one time. And she is one of the ones I would call for prayer support. And I just, to not grumble and complain when you're homebound like that, that's just been a great witness to me. I really admire that. Well, I had a long list of women, too. Um, first, I'm going to mention my mom and Bill's mom, and then Carolyn Mahaney and Janie Ortland. Those have all been women that I have gleaned so much from. Um, 
Bill's mother was quite a bit older than my mom, and um, I got to spend quite a bit of time with her because I was able to take care of her some. But um, I remember some specific moments, and one of those was when she was about 88 years old when I was driving in the car with her, and, and I just said, Betty, how are you doing today? And she just replied, well, I guess just fine. I haven't thought about how I'm doing today. <laughs> and I think she was like that because she just really was others focused. She just didn't think about herself. And um, it's, it really struck me that moment is how, un, how s s she really did, she, she was concerned about others. She really wasn't focused on herself. And it, it was striking to me that day because um, I've just observed and learned from her life so much and seen so many so much fruit that, that that moment was really special. And then another time, <clears throat> I tried to encourage her, and I said, Granny, it just seems like I always called her Granny. I don't know why. But I said, Granny, um, it seems like you're just always such an encouraging person, and yet I never hear you complain. And she just looked at me and said, well, Sherry, what would I have to complain about? I've had the most wonderful life of anybody I know. People have very hard lives, and I've had a very easy life. And by any stretch of the imagination, if you knew um, Betty's life, she did not have an easy life. She um, had a lot of different suffering, and um, so I was, she was just a grateful woman. She was others-focused, and she was very grateful. And then <clears throat> my mom now, I visited her a couple months ago, and. She's 86 years old, and she cleans the bathrooms at her church on Saturdays to make certain that our, the building is ready for <clears throat> the service on Sunday morning. And she also, during the pandemic, wipes down, wiped down the pews before, before the Sunday service. And she takes meals to people who are younger than she is, mm -hmm. and she takes care of my father, who is 88 years old, and that's a, that's a full-time job right there. But <clears throat> I, get, I got up one morning while I was there, and they sit there every morning together on the couch, wrapped in a blanket. They read their Bible together. They pray. They sing hymns. And um, it's just a gift from God to be able to see that in your parents at that age, how they are really seeking the Lord. And how they've always been plugged into the local church. They've always served every way they could. And um, it's just a great example for me. And it's a great example for my kids and for their kids. They've benefited a lot from just the relationship they have with my parents. So when thinking about um, older women in my life that have made growing older in Christ attractive, um, I was thinking of some women early in my Christian walk when I was just a young wife, young mama, living in Texas away from my mother. Um, first was my pastor's wife. Back then we called him Brother Andy. And his wife was Sherry. And uh, Brother Andy had a massive heart attack and went to the hospital. We didn't know if he was going to live. And it just hit me really hard because I didn't have a, I was just thinking about my own fear of losing my husband. And so I was just really, I didn't know how Sherry could, you know, deal with this. And so I went to the hospital to visit them, expecting her to just be torn up and distraught. And she was just the picture of peace. 
and um, I didn't understand it. I was confused. It wasn't until years later I can look back now and, and say, she had a steadfast trust in the Lord for her husband and for her future, and she wasn't anxious. And so I wasn't there in my Christian life. You know, I was new um, to walking with the Lord. I definitely wasn't in the Word and, and had good theology. So that was has always struck me. I saw that, and that was very attractive, and I thought, I don't know what that is, but I want that. And then just wisdom from older women. I remember when Austin was a baby, and we knew we didn't want him to be an only child, but I couldn't imagine loving another child and this wise older woman who had five kids of her own. She was a pastor's wife as well, and she just encouraged me talking about how God's love is multiplied um, and not divided among your children and just talking about just God's providence and putting your family together and those sort of things that I'd never I didn't know how to think biblically, you know, I was just thinking emotionally. And so I remember that being impactful. And then as my boys got older, the Lord brought a family um, into our lives. They were older than us. They had gotten married older, had children later in life, but their children were our children's age. And and this woman, um, Donna Leftwich, she was a champ at memorizing scripture and having her children memorize scripture and living by God's word. And I just remember that being a, um, impactful time where I observed her life, her love for her husband, um, her love for those kids. And it was so attractive. And that is when I feel like maybe I was, I, it was like, oh, it's God's word. And so that was super impactful. Um, like Sherry, I'm not personal friends with Carolyn Mahaney and Janie Ortland, but I do have the benefit of having their books and reading from learning from them through their books and so I consider them older women that have impacted me um conference speakers that we've brought in have always been helpful um and I'm not going to name names but I have an army of older women at Cornerstone that I can um like you guys have said pick up the phone and ask for prayer ask for advice and they are precious treasures to me so I love hearing those stories those are so encouraging um and to end I just thought it would be fun to hear stories about God's faithfulness to you I know that's one way we can um it it helps fill us with faith for our future In, in scripture we're often commanded to do that or we'll see that just in the psalms recounting God's faithfulness in the past so I thought we could end by you guys just sharing a story of God's faithfulness to you or just an area of your life where you've seen God's faithfulness in order to encourage our faith I jotted down several um stories about God's faithfulness and providence in my life um but I um I'm going to each one is a long story, but I'm going to keep it very brief and try to rush through a few of them just to touch on a few. I think just in general, God's providence in bringing me and Arne together as a couple um, during college, rebellious season of my life. Um, we got engaged. We had a physical relationship. My first son was conceived out of wedlock. And just seeing God's providence and how he was using that to rescue me um, from a season of me pursuing my flesh, selfish desires, it could have ended very differently. And he set me on a path um, of a different trajectory of my life to know him and to surrender to his lordship, to, to enjoy him and to stand firm in him. So I see that as God's providence in my life, basically saving me from myself. Um, 
Um, in 2008, Arn was furloughed from a job that he'd had for over 20 years. So that was, that rocked me a little bit. It kind of shook my faith to see what was I really trusting in. Was I trusting in his job, his career to produce income? And so seeing God provide for us over the eight months that he was unemployed was just faith building and um, a lot of truth um, God gave me through that season. You know, I think I look at my sons and I see God's faithfulness in bringing wives to them. This is going to get me. Um, You know, God created them and put in them purpose and then he created perfect helpers for them. And I've seen those women make my sons better men. You know, I, I could not have been trusted to make those choices to pick the perfect girls for my boys. I would have just wrecked it. But to see God's faithfulness in his providential hand has been um, awesome uh, to, to watch. And then I think also another big um, evidence of God at work is when we decided to have Johnny. He came along eight years after my first three sons. And so it seems like, oh, he was an accident. But I actually wanted a fourth, and Arne did not want a fourth. And so for several years, it would be um, a point of contention. And so I would, I just started praying, Lord, take this desire out of my heart, or you're going to have to put it into Arne's heart because this is um, not going well. And so it took several years, but then Arne confessed that he had been selfish and that we should have another child. By the time Johnny was conceived and born, he, there was an eight-year gap. And so I just see... Um, Again, God's providence at bringing Johnny into our lives. I can't, I can't imagine life without him. So maybe someone else's turn to answer now. <laughs> well, when I thought of this, I, of God's faithfulness, I had to just think of just raising my children because I felt so helpless in the midst of just having my first baby and not knowing what I was doing. And then... Um, and then having three more children and just every the daily life of just crying out to the Lord and seeing him, you know, provide in ways that I needed. And, and we lacked wisdom for how to raise our kids. And yet, by God's grace, different teachers and friends that we had helped us. And, and then God, you know, just worked in their hearts and changed them. And they were um, I was not a patient mom, and they've been very um, forgiving of those times when I would get angry or impatient with them. So just seeing God's faithfulness and all of that, just raising children and, and then the, the rich relationships that I am now able to enjoy uh, with my kids. But then that leads to a time where uh, Lauren uh, was moving away to Louisville. So I have three sons that live in town and one daughter who lives out of town. And I remember Bill was out of town when she was moving. And so I went up to help her move and I was by myself and leaving her there, even though she, I was leaving her with a husband, a wonderful husband, <laughs> a great son-in-law, but just to, to leave her after moving her away and to dry, get in that car and drive back to Knoxville by myself it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done and um, anyway that was really hard for me because we were really close but I would say now it's been five years 
and we were probably closer now than we were when I left her in Louisville because <clears throat> we've just had many opportunities now to be together and then we talk on the phone a lot and I've just seen how God's been faithful in that and it was his good plan. None of these plans are surprises to him and um, I'm just grateful for how he's been faithful. A lot of people may know I've shared this, my story a few times since we've been at Cornerstone about um, taking care of my dad with dementia. I took care of him for seven years and that by far was the hardest season of my life ever of anything I've done. Um, you know, even my mother's cancer and her passing, the dementia was just a lot harder to, to deal with. And um, I went hard to God over that constantly and had a lot of good support. Um, and God was kind to, to tell me, I can remember where I was in the car when I was just kind of praying and kind of kicking back at the assignment of doing this. I was headed to see my dad, and he brought Esther 4.14 to my mind. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And I knew I'm, I'm the one. And, um, and several things affirmed that, the fact that I was told when my mom was passing that I had not been a planned child. And my brother lived five hours away. So if I hadn't been born, there wouldn't have been a caregiver in town. And so I was, I felt then that changed my attitude of thinking I was divinely appointed to take care of my dad. And um, there were a few names of God that I called on. I called on Jehovah Nisi, which is the Lord, my banner. And in that, he was ahead of me so many times. I would be, for instance, at a home show. We did home shows with my husband's job. And the lady next to me, we would strike up a conversation, and she started sharing things about Alzheimer's that I didn't know that she had experience with. And then, lo and behold, that week I would need that very information. And I can't even recount how many times things like that happened, that God just put the person I needed there at just the right time with just the right plan. And that could have only, you know, come from him. Another uh, attribute of God, the preserver, he just preserved me. You're so conflicted because you don't want to lose your daddy, even though you're losing him as you go, but you really don't want what death will bring, the separation from him, but yet you really want hard out of that situation. So sometimes you just feel like your head, you know, when you're swimming and you're like your head's just barely above water. And I felt like that a lot. And he was like a literal, I mean, I could picture a life preserver around me, just holding me up and being around God's people. I think I was in Paulette's legacy when I was in the, thro I mean, the throes of it. And people there didn't really know me at all, but it was an avenue to share, have prayer support that he provided at that time. And um, the best thing, though, the, the best thing about the whole adventure, for lack of a better word, was I would not have been able to see my dad's sanctification had he not had that and me not be there with him. I'd never heard my dad pray out loud. And as he, the dementia set in more and more, it removed inhibitions, and I, I would hear him pray. And that wouldn't have happened. So his dementia was really a big part of, of God's redemptive story for me and for him that he gave me a bird's eye view of going through that. So that was, 
that was hard, but God was faithful in the middle of it, and there were blessings that came out of it. Several things that I could talk about, too, but just kind of similar to what these ladies have talked about. Um, when I had first had my oldest child 25 years ago, um, my mother passed away, and I was at home with my mom, and she had she just we had gone home for the hall for the memorial weekend and anyway she woke up and uh just just in excruciating pain and she basically uh fell to her death but anyway it was a massive heart attack and um and I was just just totally in shock I was there with her with my baby and of course my dad was there but um that was a very difficult time and I just just couldn't believe it and she was 72 but then I was thinking Lord you know her mom which my grandmother had had lived almost 101 and I'm thinking you know how can this be and I just I just thought you know she will never get to see my 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 children grow up and um and um so that was really very difficult but God God sustained me him he kept me and um during that time and just um and just really gave me a um really good relationship with my mother-in-law my husband's mom and um she just became a mom a friend and uh just a sister in the lord it was just um just so so timely and god provided that that i needed that mom that i needed for to be with me with my baby and you know and then i had a second child but after that but it was just so sweet and she always took care of our her kids my mother-in-law always took care of my girls and and now that she's older she's 80 six this year and my husband and I've been caring for her and so now I have become her caregiver and it's just been uh really sweet to uh, be able to care for her because she was there for me when my girls were young and I didn't have my mom to to be here for me so uh and just seeing God's faithfulness in that and um his his promises and just it was just really neat to be able to just um just really show God just tell him how you really feel to be vulnerable and just um just be honest with God you know because it was really hard for me and just you know um but his faithfulness and kindness in my life um has been beautiful and just so sweet just being there for my mother-in-law and and just um being able to care for her and God you know being given me that where I can think of someone else beside myself so that's been just been really beautiful well guys this has been so fun um i've been looking forward to this conversation and it's just been so encouraging i'm excited for everyone to hear it i just think um hearing about god's faithfulness and and that he really does fulfill his promises and um so that's just so encouraging to hear you guys share and um so thank you for thinking this through and doing that. I did want to end by recommending the book Paulette Quoted, which is called Aging with Grace. It's by Susan Hunt. Um, it's just a great book on this topic. So if you're wanting a resource to, to read, even if you're younger, I recommended it. It really built my faith. That's available. So thanks, guys, for sharing. And thanks to everyone who listened. <laughs>